Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. morning in the house of God. We're continuing on with our theme of foundations. Sorry, I'm just fixing my earring. That Ollie nearly reefed out of my ear during the service. There we go. My ear's still there, which is good. And today we're um, talking around the topic of prayer. And there's so much that can be said about prayer. Um, It's a very vast topic. Today I'm just going to share two simple thoughts. But before we do that, Um, Our church is entering into 10 days of prayer and fasting starting from today. So for me, the prayer bit is exciting. The fasting bit is less exciting. Um, But I just want to encourage us to do something over the next 10 days to seek God, to seek Him on behalf of others, to seek Him on behalf of our church, to ask that the windows of heaven would be open over us and over our community that God would open the hearts of people who are lost to see Him, to bring the revelation that they need Him, whether or not they currently realise that or not. We all know as believers that we desperately need Him and they desperately need Him. He is the hope, He is the anchor, He is the peace, He is the calm, He is the redemption, He is the salvation. He is the healing of their brokenness that they desperately need. So whether or not you fast for one day, whether you do it for 10, whether you do a Daniel fast, which as I know is what my Dan, he says good morning as well. He's preaching in Campbelltown um, this morning. It's always fun when we're both preaching on the same weekend. I have encouraged him before to try not to do that for the Rostocks. Not that easy with the little one, but anyway. He hasn't listened so far, so we'll see what happens next time. He gets to get out of the house and get the peace and quiet. I've got Bluey on blasting, you know, for two hours this morning, which has been awesome. And I ironed my shirt. Probably doesn't look ironed now because he's like a clip-on koala at the moment. But that's all right. Forgive me if my shirt is crushed this morning and my earrings all weird and my earlobes hanging off. We'll still get there in the end. So this morning as we begin, I just want us to spend some time in prayer and the presence of God because we need it for us personally. We need it for us corporately. Our community needs us to do this. They won't vocalise that to us, but they need us to be that city on a hill. They need us to be the light of the world. They need us to be anointed. They need us to hear from God more and more. So why don't we just close our eyes this morning and this morning as we enter the 10 days of prayer and fasting, our theme for today is repentance and humility. And each day if you follow us on social media, you'll get an update of what the next day's theme is, if you like. But today we present ourselves before you, Lord, with humble hearts, knowing We can't do this life without you. That we don't want to be self-made people. We want to be people heavily reliant on the presence of God because it's you that makes the difference. 
And we just hand over control today of the things we're trying to control and change and work out in our own lives. We just hand it all back to you today, Lord. And we give you permission to move in our lives and in our church. And we ask that you would move in the community around us. We thank you for grace today. Thank you that it's sufficient for every day and every circumstance that you carry us when we cannot walk. When the world is too heavy upon our shoulders, Lord, you carry us. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for mercy that is new even this morning. As we rose this morning, there was mercy fresh for us. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you know each and every one of us. And Lord, we turn our hearts to you again. Lord, we repent of our sin. We repent of hearts that turn away. We repent of times we've tried to do it on our own. We repent for times we haven't come to you, Lord. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for Jesus who died upon the cross to set us free from sin, from sickness. Thank you, God, that Jesus was your plan and what a perfect plan he was. We thank you for the cross and the power of the blood of Jesus, which still sanctifies. Thank you that we're made righteous in your sight because of Jesus. And Lord, we ask as we enter into these days of prayer and fasting that you would soften our hearts again, that you would inspire us to do something as a church over the next 10 days, to spend time seeking you, to spend time in your presence, to spend time sacrificing something to pull heaven down to earth. And just for the next minute, why don't we just dwell here in his presence? And part of my message today about prayer is less talking and more hearing, more just being in his presence, spending time with your heavenly father. He longs to meet you wherever you're at today. You don't need to be someone, do something, pray a special prayer, have a special formula. Just come with a sincere heart that says, I need you, God. I want to meet you here in your presence today. And just allow him to reveal his goodness to you, to sing over you. In his presence today, know that you are loved. So we turn our eyes to you this morning, Lord. We thank you for your wonderful presence. And we take a step closer to you today, knowing that you'll always take a step towards us. You long to meet us, the God of all of creation, of heaven and earth, has time for his children, for each and every one of you today. There is something here in his presence for you 
And as you encounter Him, allow your heart to be enlarged. Allow worship to come from your heart and from your mouth if you'd like, because He's good and He's faithful and He's full of grace and truth and peace and light. We thank you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Liv. Appreciate you. Well, this morning I'm going to preach on prayer, as I mentioned. And like I said, it is really vast. But I want to focus on two things this morning. And I've titled this message, Prayer Lessons from Instagram. Now, I wouldn't encourage you to get all of your lessons on God and the Bible from Instagram. It's probably not the place when you're endlessly scrolling and you see things even about the Christian faith. It's a bit like Wikipedia. Not all of it is true and people can alter it. You know, when you're at school and the teacher says, do not let Wikipedia be your source of information for this, there is a reason. I heard on the radio not long ago about two boys in Scotland who got onto a Wikipedia site and because anyone can enter enter information and they uploaded about, they invented a Scottish man who invented the toaster who didn't actually invent the toaster. And there were heaps of kids who had done assignments, posters about inventions and had falsely, you know, done all this information because they hadn't properly researched. So I don't encourage you to get all your lessons about prayer or faith or God from Instagram. But in the same way, God is not limited in the way that he speaks to us. So two things really jumped out at me in the last kind of couple of months that I want to share with you today. And they're not necessarily new things. I think I've known them probably for a while. But sometimes we just need a refresher. You know, you you do a refresher CPR course or something. You know the basics, but you need a reminder sometimes of these fundamental things. So today I want to challenge us. And I want to ask you a question and I want to let it challenge you, not condemn you, not make you feel guilty, but to awaken something in our own hearts. And I'm I'm in this boat as well. And I want to ask you, is your prayer life more than an SOS hotline to God? Do you spend time in prayer other than emergency situations when you're like, can't pay my rent this week, better pray. Had a car accident, need my car fixed, better pray. And let me just qualify, there's actually nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having an emergency hotline to God. Because remember, God is our Father. And we want our children to do that with us when they're in trouble, when they're sick, when they're in distress. We want them to call us and for us to be their source of help. And God is the same and He wants to help you and He wants to assist you. But there's more in prayer to an emergency hotline to God. The first thing I want to talk about with prayer this morning is that prayer is about relationship. It's about relationship with God. Now, I can't remember who I was reading about on Instagram who had said, but she had said the same thing. So she had a situation in her life and she started to pray about it. And she did what she thought was right. She came in faith. She knew that it was impossible to please God without faith. And she began to pray and um, began to declare about her situation. And she did it over a couple of days and, you know, couldn't see anything change. So she asked God, you know, are you even listening? Are you there for me? And God said, God gave her this reply and said, why didn't you come to me? And she said she was so offended and so perplexed because she was like, I did come to you. I've been praying about it. 
for days now. I did come to you. And she really felt God speak to her and say, you came to me about the problem, but you didn't bring your heart. You didn't actually come to me with how you were feeling, how worried you are with your feelings. You didn't actually bring yourself. You bring a prayer request, which was great, and I heard it. But you didn't actually bring yourself with the prayer. And today I want to encourage you, bring yourself with your prayers. God is not offended by our humanity. He's created us with feelings, with worries. Well, he didn't create us with worries, but you know what I mean. He knows that we get worried about things. He knows that we get distressed about things. And this lady on Instagram said, and I felt the same, she had this revelation of relationship in prayer, that God wants us to come to him honestly and openly and vulnerably, knowing that he cares about us. In Matthew 6, 5 to 13, this is the message. And the heading is pray with simplicity. It says, and when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? You know, sometimes that's how we come to God, that he is enthroned and we get that, that he, he deserves our reverence and our holy fear of him. But he doesn't sit in a box seat judging us. He sits as our heavenly father longing for relationship. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. You don't actually need to pretend you're somebody that you're not with feelings that you don't have. Oh, you know, she might get a better prayer response if I come, you know, smiling when on the inside I'm not actually that happy about it. Remember, God knows you. He's your creator. He's not fooled by the mask that we wear. It says, just be there as simply and honestly as you can, as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. And I love this and I've experienced this in my own life. When I've come to God with specific prayer requests and I said to him, Lord, I'm worried about this. I have no control over changing it and I wish I did. And I can't manage it all and I can't do it all. And I wish I could. And I can't be there for everybody and I wish I could. And I'm struggling with this or struggling under the weight of that. And as I've come to him, I have, I have experienced this as I begin to sense his grace washing over me, the awareness that he is there, that he cares, and it strengthens me. And it's true, you begin to focus less on yourself and more on him, about his capabilities, about his ability to change situations on your behalf. It says the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. And I love that. As you come in prayer over the next 10 days and as we start this year, as you make a commitment to building relationship with God through prayer, do it on the basis of this. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Don't worry about the formulas. Don't worry about what the person next to you, how they pray. 
Don't worry about if you feel like you're good at praying or not. It's just about conversation with God. And I want to encourage you to shake off the expectations, to shake off the pressure around prayer. Don't try and be someone, be you, and come simply before God in a quiet place. Say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. Help me with it, I pray. In Psalm 55, 22, I love this, a Psalm of David. And we know that David was very much like this. He wore his heart on his sleeve. He wasn't afraid to come to God and say, I've stuffed up, or why are you doing this to me, God? He wasn't afraid to be honest with God. And he says, so here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord, and measureless grace will strengthen you. That's my prayer for you today. If you need grace in the season that you're walking with, if you need to be strengthened by him, then it's my prayer today that you would experience that grace washing over you, that you will encounter God in relationship through prayer, that he will strengthen you, that you will feel encouraged, that you will feel like, you know what? I can get up again and fight a new day, that I can do it through him, through his power, not of my own strength. You know, this week, my family and I were at Camden Pools and we were confronted with a very, and I'll try not to be emotional about it, very horrific scene with a little girl nearly drowning. And Dan and Ivy were at the bottom. If you know Camden Pools, there's like the laps and then there's the kiddie pool at the top. So Dan and Ivy were down doing laps in the bottom of the pool. And I was up in the kiddie section with Ollie. He was splashing around and could see Dan and Ivy start to come around from the bottom of the pool up to the kids kind of section where we were. And a scene kind of caught my eye. If you, again, if you know the pool, the kids section's quite shallow and then it drops off into a little bit deeper. Of two people who are, I just instantly knew they were not related to this little girl but had come across her. And they were waving to the lifeguards to get their attention. And as I see Dan and Ivy kind of walking past me, I see the man down the bottom of the pool lifting this little girl up and putting her on the, the walkway, the lifeguards run over. And you could just sense in the pool the distress of every single person there. So most people had gotten out, gotten their kids out. And just, but you couldn't look away, you know, the situation, like what is actually gonna happen to this little girl who's probably about four. And you start thinking, and it's horrible, where's the mum and dad, How, has she fallen in? What's happened? She had a little life vest on that did it not work? Who knows? Not sure. Don't know how she got into the pool, but I only saw her getting lifted out. And so I had, Dan had taken Oliver. He, he had thought somebody had pooed in the pool, you know, when that happens at the public pool and everyone has to get out. Um, so he had taken Oliver out of the pool and around to the side. And I'd said to Ivy, she didn't know what was happening, you know, come over here. Because I didn't want her to witness it if they were going to start performing CPR or something. I just didn't want her to look. So then I saw the mum running. So she had another little girl with her, which would only been about 15 months. So she was trying to wrangle her. The dad was with the little girl. The lifeguards were there. And I felt sorry for them. They were just, the, just young adults themselves confronted with a horrible situation. And... So anyway, so I said to Ivy, I want you to go around with Dad. I don't want you to be here and whatever. And so I walked her around and I said to Dad, I, to Dad, 
not my dad, to Dan, um, I feel like I want to go over and ask the mum, does she want help with her baby so that she can be there to offer comfort to her little girl as well? Because the mum obviously was looking very distressed. He said, yeah, you should, like, go over. She says, no, that's fine. And so I went over and I said, oh, would you like me to hold your baby for you? And she said, yes. So I I wanted to stand close because I didn't want her to freak about, I've got one kid down here drowning, I've got another baby, goodness knows where, with a strange woman. And it was so, just horrible, so confronting. And they had said to everybody, everybody needs to leave the pool, we need to get emergency services in and whatever. So everybody had begun to leave. So I'm standing awkwardly with the baby, like, we have to leave, whatever. So I said to the, the two people who had pulled her, and they were a bit old, her, older, I said, oh, are you going to stay with the family? And they said, yeah, yeah, we'll stay. And I said, oh, can I get, this is their baby, can I pass her off to you and I'll take my family out? Anyway, so we left, and it's a horrible thing of, I don't know what happened to her. Anyway, so we're leaving the pools, we've got our kids in tow, and you can see everybody's kind of clinging to their own kids. And you know what, it's like, the, I feel the emotions start to build now that I'm not in the craziness on the chaos of the moment. So we get in the car and Ivy's way of processing, she's a talker anyway, so she's asking like four billion questions about it. What was her name? Don't know. Were they giving her oxygen? Yes. Was she blue, was she white? I've, I don't know. I read if you're underwater for more than six minutes, your brain won't work properly. Was she under for more than six minutes? Ivy, I don't know. And it's going on and on. And I'm feeling more distressed, the more, like feeling for her too, that she's trying to process what's happened. Anyway, so we start to drive off and I just begin to cry and cry and cry as I think about this beautiful little girl and her family and all the people at the pool who are watching this distressing moment unfold. And so we're driving home from Camden and I just said in the car, I just feel like we should pray. We should pray. And I felt like in that moment, for two reasons, I did want to pray. I did want to ask heaven to, to help this beautiful family that this little girl wouldn't drown, that she would survive and that she would be healthy and thriving and still want to swim and not be traumatised for her parents who I, I know would be replaying the situation over and over and over again. But thinking about this message, I also wanted to demonstrate to Ivy that when you've got big feelings, the place to go is God. When you're overwhelmed, when you're emotional, when you're thinking, this was too much for me to handle, the answer is not in alcohol. The answer is not necessarily even in your friends. The answer is not in the party life. The answer is in God. And I want you to always turn to him first and foremost. Yes, you can come to Dad and I and we will always be there for you. But we ourselves are human and have human feelings and human frailties. But God does not. And he is so big. And I said to her later, as, you know, as big as your dad is and you feel like you can come to him and your circumstances don't burden him because he has a physical presence, your God is the same. You will not burden him with your problems. You will not overwhelm him. You will not shock him. But you can lay every worry and every anxiety at the foot of the cross and trust that God will help you. Trust that he cares about you. you know, Psalm 40, verse 3. And I just, as I read this passage this week, I felt like this was a prophetic declaration over many of you today. It says, a new song for a new day rises up in me. 
Every time I think about how he breaks through for me, ecstatic praise pours out of my mouth until everyone hears how God has set me free. Many will see his miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and fall in love with him. And I feel like that is a word for many of you today, that you've come to God with your anxieties, with your worries, that you've come to him with an open and vulnerable heart. And today he says a new song will rise up in you. There's been a song of worry, of disappointment, of fear, of sadness, of grief, of anxiety. And as you've brought that to the foot of the cross, as you've laid that before him today, the focus is going to shift off you and it's going to be pointed towards him about what he can do and a new song is going to rise up in you, a song of victory, a song of praise, a song of declaration that God is good, that he always has been, that he always will be, that situations will change for you that God is a good father. You know, you might not have had a dad that you could have gone to with your worries and it's altered your relationship with your heavenly father. Today, I just declare in Jesus' name a breakthrough for that because God wants you to come to him in relationship in prayer this year. Allow a new song to rise up in your heart. The second thing, the second lesson that I've learned from Instagram The first thing is about relationship in prayer. The second is partnership in prayer. I want to encourage us again with a question. And I'll be honest, I haven't done this in a long time. This really struck a chord with me. What are the prayers that heaven wants us to pray? When's the last time you said, God, what's on your heart? Oftentimes we do earth to heaven prayers. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But there are heaven to earth prayers that God wants us to pray. He wants us to come into partnership with him to declare that the will of the Father from heaven would be done on earth. And so I practiced this this week and I asked God, what would you like me to pray for? Or who would you like me to pray for? What's on your heart today? Before I bring what's on my heart, God, what's on your heart? And he put a person on my heart And I'll tell you honestly, it irritated me because I didn't want to pray for this person because they irritate me. It's no one in this room, just so you know. And I I literally did an eye roll before the Lord. And if my eyes had a voice, it would have been like, her, I'm not praying for her. And then I, then this is even worse, it gets worse. Sorry, pray for your pastors. My goodness, we need it. I then said... Because she's a person, again, on social media who airs all of her dirty laundry. And lots of it is about finances. And again, it bugs me. So I said to God, I'll pray for her, but I'm not praying for finances. She's done this to herself. I'm not doing it. I'm not. And so it's like, well, hang on. Have you ever been with your kids? We went away to the city this week and Ivy was fussing about what shoes we were gonna, she was going to wear. It was hot, so she wanted to wear sandals, but we're going to do lots of walking, so she wanted to wear joggers. So she came to me and said, what shoes should I wear? And I said, I think you should wear your joggers. I know your feet will be hot, but we're going to go to the beach anyway. You can take them off, but they'll be more comfortable. So she said, I don't want to wear my joggers. I want to wear my sandals. Well, why did you ask me? If you've already decided, just put the sandals on, but don't complain that your feet are sore later in the day. And God must feel the same way. Why did you ask me? You're only going to complain about what I said. 
So I, I repented before the Lord and I said, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I will pray for her. I'll even pray for her finances. If, if that's your will, Lord, I will do it. So I want to encourage you to open your ears, like I said earlier in the service, more listening in your prayer life this year. God, what do you want me to pray for? Listen. And then the hard bit sometimes is the obeying. Say, anyone, Lord, any situation, what would you like me to pray for? And begin to pray for that situation until you feel the burden for it lift. And each day you could say, Lord, is this still my assignment in prayer? Because there are, there are assignments in prayer. And when we partner with God, I just think it's staggering that God would want to partner with us. That he can, you can do it all on your own if you'd like, Lord. But he uses us and he chooses us and he wants to be in partnership with us. You know, don't let your heart be closed off. Don't let your ears be closed. There are things on the heart of God that he wants us to pray for. In Matthew 6, verse 10, it says, Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is in heaven. Who knows that this earth needs a little bit more heaven, that the earth is in rapid decline, and not necessarily, I'm not talking about global warming, I'm talking about the hearts of humanity in rapid decline, pushing God further and further away. Maybe we could cause some of heaven to be here on earth, in our lives, in our families' lives. You know, how often do we only pray for ourselves, the things that worry us, the things that stress us? And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But you're living next door to someone who probably doesn't know Christ. The people in your workplace, in your universities, in your schools, at the shopping centres, who need us to hear from God. You know, I've spoken before about a, a really good friend that I teach with, and she's not a Christian person, and she'll often say about going to see a psychic, and it troubles me deeply because I think I should be that for her. I should be the voice. She should be coming to me saying, could you pray about this? And she might not have the words or the vocab to say it, but her spirit is saying, I need to hear about my life and my future. I need to know that there's hope and that there's something else outside of this realm. And you and I in partnership with God should be that for other people. You don't need to be a prophetic whiz. You just need to have ears that are, that are open. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is interceding. He's praying. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I and for the world around us. Let's make a commitment in our prayer life that we will partner with God, that we will ask him, what is it that's on your heart today? What is it that I can partner with you about? What is it that you need me to pray for? What can I do to drag heaven down to earth? Because I want to see it. I want to see more of Him revealed in the world around me. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com. 
ったらいいよ。